This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about complimentary bar snacks. Yep, you heard that correctly. <laughs> mm-hmm. You might have seen the title and been, hmm... Yes. Yes, that is that you you read right, you heard right. <laughs> it's all happening. Yep. And this is something that has been on my mind since the personal for me mind-blowing discovery that boiled eggs used to be a fairly common complimentary bar food. Yeah, either just plain old hard-boiled eggs in their shells or uh, pickled hard-boiled eggs in like I like like Moe's Tavern in the Simpsons that's, has a big old jar of of pickled eggs in it. That's what everyone says. But <laughs> I I did not know that. And I watched the Simpsons, but like I I've said before on this show, it scared me. It was like a horror thing for me. Oh, okay. I All thought right. I thought Homer was going to murder Bart for sure. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does strangle him an awful I lot. Know. So, and as a kid, I was like <laughs> Why is everyone just okay with this? Oh, God, I couldn't make sense of it. So I think I must have blocked out <laughs> the whole complimentary bar egg thing. I've never seen it. Oh, uh, I definitely have. I've been um, – there was this one kind of schmancy dive bar that I went to – oh, goodness, somewhere. I'm forgetting <laughs> oh, where. Oh, I love this. Yeah, that that like very pr- – was very proud of their pickled – of their pickled eggs. Mm-hmm. They were like, you have to try one of these. I And I was like, oh, I don't really want one. And they were like, it's not going to be, I know what you're thinking. It's going to be so good with your beer. I was like, 
eating eggs makes me sick. They were like, no, 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 this one's going to be, I'm like, no, really. Like it, it turned into a whole thing, but eventually I got it through that I shouldn't eat eggs. And they were like, oh, okay. Was it like one big jar? There was like a, it was like a giant vat. I'm gesturing, which is really good for all y'all at home. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it was like a giant, it was like at least two gallon jar with, oh. yeah, just filled with, uh, I think beet slices for the coloring oh, agent. Yeah, yeah, so they're yeah. all kind of pink. Somebody wrote in about that. About that's how they do their their deviled eggs. Oh yeah, hello Ooh. listener. I I read your email and I was like, oh yes, that's cool. Yeah. Um. And one of my favorite dives here here in town in Atlanta, um, Church the Bar, sell will uh, give you a little a little uh, bowl of of goldfish crackers. Ooh. If you ask for one, and they and they put their own little spicy mm. uh, spicy salt mix on it, and mm-hmm. it is my favorite dang thing. <laughs> Do you love goldfish? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So that's a, a taste of what we're going to be talking about, but this brings us to our ever-important question. Complimentary bar snacks. What are they? Well, sometimes bars serve snacks for free with beverage purchase. Or if you're sneaky without beverage purchase. <laughs> Not that I'm saying you should. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a pretty simple answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, usually I have a much larger section here, but this one's fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. And around the world, there are all types of complimentary bar stacks. Oh, yeah. Um, Italy still does the bar egg. And, yeah, as I get into this section, please, listeners who live in these parts of these parts of these worlds, <laughs> this part of the world, right in, like— it's one thing to read about it. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, yeah. Let us let us know what your local hometown bar mm-hmm. or, or some fabled bar from memory. Yes, yes. That you, you're not sure if it was a dream or reality. <laughs> we'll take that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, dried shredded squid in Korea. In Sweden around Christmas, you might find boiled salt-cured pig's feet, particularly paired with beer and aquavit. Brazil has a variety of pisticos. Um, little snacks uh, from prawns to fish cakes to the chicken-shaped chicken-stuffed fried dough known as cochina, a tapa like a slice of Spanish tortilla de patatas in Spain, which is an omelet typically made with slices of potato and eggs, um, deep-fried pork skin in Thailand, lightly seasoned corn kernels in Peru. I did encounter those when I was in Peru. Hmm. Um, watermelon seeds in Vietnam, spicy pickled cabbage in Sichuan province in China, Peanuts and sunflower seeds in other parts of China, edamame in Japan. And I had so many different complimentary snacks in Japan. There's even a word for what that is. Um, but I don't recall what they were, but most of them were salty and crunchy, and it came, like, specifically single-serving to you. Sure. Like, not— Not, like, to everyone. But you didn't have to ask for it. They did bring it out. But it was just <laughs> kind of like a separate thing. I wouldn't have been able to ask. <laughs> I wouldn't have known what to do. Um, nuts in India, salt-dried fish in Russia— Pork scratchings in England. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Spanish tortilla de patatas. Uh, and tapas like that started as a, a category of complimentary bar snacks, but um, deserve their own full episode. For sure. For sure. And um, I will say also here that the French amuse-bouche are related in concept. They're complimentary bites sent out before a dinner in a restaurant. When I get an amuse-bouche, I'm like... I am in the fancy <laughs> place. so fancy right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Always makes me feel so special. It's so small, and it makes me feel so special. I know, like, and everyone's getting it, and yet you're like, for me? The chef thought about me? <laughs> for free? 
<laughs> Usually yeah. the rest of me it makes up for it. <laughs> but anyway, um, of those things I listed, I'm not sure all of them are complimentary all the time. A lot of it kind of got mixed up. Yeah. But I think that they're frequently complimentary. I believe so. I believe so. Um, there is that place in New York City that has complimentary hot dogs. I believe it's called Rudy's. Um, that sounds right. Yes. Um, and the one in Chicago that does free chocolate chip cookies at midnight. <laughs> I've never really heard of a dessert one. Ooh, That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. And it's hard to think of something that makes me quite as happy <laughs> as when I see a popcorn machine at a bar. I usually end up abandoning my friends. <laughs> and I just stand next to the popcorn <laughs> machine. I just like... I just camp out there, and if it runs out, I'll all like look around and try to get someone's attention. someone to refill it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I really love popcorn. <laughs> it's okay. Also, one site I was on looking at these, the best complimentary bar snacks, listed Red Lobster and their Cheddar Bay biscuits. So I'm onto something with my free, not free, my bottle of wine and Cheddar Bay biscuits idea. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there, there is absolutely science into why salty, fatty foods pair well with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into that later. Uh, first, we're going to get into some of the history of complimentary bar snacks. But even before that, we are going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay. So, History. The history of the complimentary bar snack goes back to at least the 1800s. 
At least. I'd say it goes way farther back. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, taverns in ancient Rome served snacks. I think some of them might have been complimentary. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, the data on (laughs) complimentary bar snacks in ancient Rome is a little (laughs) scarce. It is, um... But by the 1800s, there was a uh, the the whole French Revolution had happened, and so uh, restaurants and bars were becoming the thing that they are modernly today. And a lot of liquor existed, and <laughs> so therefore uh, there were more bars, and they were pretty competitive about getting yes. people in. Yes, and one way to compete is to offer. A complimentary bar snack. And yeah, by the 1800s is when we first see this one that I'm still, my mind can't comprehend, the hard-boiled egg. Shell still on. Mm -hmm. Um, The purpose of this snack was twofold, both to keep people from getting sloppy drunk and providing sustenance while simultaneously making patrons thirstier so they'd buy more drinks. Mm -hmm. So elongating your drinking experience and the money that they would make as a And pros, and this means men, too, because no ladies allowed, had a technique of cracking and unraveling the shell, like in one spiral. Oh, a single spiral? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm terrible at that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm competitive about it. Are you really? Yeah. See, I'm super competitive, but I'm bad. So we should have a competition. And oh, would, we should. Just for laughs. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Paris or France in general sometimes gets the credit uh, with introducing the free bar egg. It was a way to meet a requirement that bars serving liquor also serve food and to use up excess eggs uh, the country was experiencing at the time. And I didn't realize that the requirement to serve food at bars was a result of the temperance campaign. Oh, sure. That yeah. makes total sense. Like, I just never thought about it. Because to this day, there's a lot of places that have to serve food if they serve liquor. Yeah, and a lot of blue laws that, right, that either, um, you know, your your, your hours are going to be truncated if you don't serve food or yeah. something like that. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Never put it together. By the 1830s, pickled eggs were popular in England's bars. Uh, there was even a street named Pickled Egg Lane and a pub on it named The Pickled Egg. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Pickled Egg Street. (laughs) By mid-19th century, German saloons in the U.S. were offering complimentary pickled eggs. The influx of German immigrants really shaped the alcohol and food pairings and drinking in general in the U.S. Some of the first records of the free bar snack come out of Germany, usually something pickled or hard-boiled eggs or both. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the first recorded instances in the U.S. took place in Chicago when Chesterfield Joe Mackin, who was a saloon owner and a politician looking for votes, offered a free hot oyster with every drink. I think we talked about this in our oyster episode. It feels familiar, yeah. It does. It does. Very clever political campaign. (laughs) Have this oyster. Vote for me. Um, Keene's Steakhouse in New York I've been there, opened in 1885, and they offered complimentary bar eggs. And I bring it up because they still have wooden eggs as kind of an homage. I think they're a little bitter about the fact they can't serve them anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I read reports of, of, like, customers, like, going up to the bar, scooping up an egg, taking it back to their table, and then being like, oh, this is wooden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that would be a letdown. Yeah. Hopefully nobody's chipped their... They, 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 hopefully they realize before that point. <laughs> well, I think that when you try to shell it, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keene Steakhouse is also the home of the largest collection of church organ pipes in the world. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
In New Orleans in the 1860s, some bars offered free lunch. I thought there was no such thing. <laughs> the phrase, the phrase <laughs> no such thing as a free lunch may have come from this practice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Hard-boiled eggs were a popular choice because they keep a couple of hours, and most bars have eggs around for making flips and sours. You might also get meat pies, oyster patties, and or soup at this free lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly, this practice started at the St. Louis Hotel in the French Quarter and proved too popular for the hotel to want to continue, but by then the practice had caught on. And oh, yeah, no. <laughs> there was so much competition among bars in those days. Um, yeah, there was anything from fancy spreads of like hot meats and potatoes plus cold oysters and caviar to just kind of simple platters of meats, cheeses, and bread. Chicago also had bars offering free lunches around the same time. Reportedly, one saloon went through 45 dozen eggs every day. Wow. 45 dozen. Wow. Hoof. Yeah. In addition to eggs, pickles and cold meats were also popular across the states in the late 1800s, sometimes in combination as in pickled pig's feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And peanuts were also growing in popularity around that time in the states and would really take off in the uh, early to mid-20th century. Mm-hmm. A 1940 New Yorker article looked into New York's McSorley's Old Ale House and their practice of offering slices of onion. Quote, old John McSorley, the founder, had an extraordinary appetite for onions. The stronger, the better. Yeah. I mean, I bet if he had a pretty powerful beer, like flavorful. Sure, yeah. And onion. Yeah, if I could eat onions, I would be be into doing that. (laughs) Maybe like a nice, I mean, you know, a pickled onion is a garnish sometimes for drinks. Yeah, yeah. You know, every now and then I get a real craving for onions and I'm always like, body, what? What you doing? What's going on? What do you want? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, deliciousness, <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> the pork crackling became a popular bar snack in Britain post-World War II and was a stereotypical bar food by the 1970s. Like it was kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, just like if you're in a bar, that's the food they're going to show. Stereotype. Sure. Word. Yeah. <laughs> um, also post-World War II, in ally-occupied Japan, bars started mixing uh, an early 20th century Japanese snack, these uh, salty rice crackers shaped like like long ovals called kaki no tane, um, with American peanuts, creating the snack kakipi, which is still popular today. Um, kaki no tane, by the way, means persimmon seed, um, and these, these oblong crackers strongly resemble persimmon seeds. Huh. Persimmon aside. Persimmon aside. Ooh, that's difficult to say. <laughs> I have an aside. Chex Mix. Ooh, okay. Yes. I'm assuming most of you know what Chex Mix is, but if not, it's that snack mixture usually made up of pretzels, some variety of nuts, and those squares of Chex that to me look like— cereal, yeah. Yeah, they look like a small, flattened, hollow, shredded wheat. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and all mixed together with a savory seasoning, although there are some sweet varieties of Chex Mix. I do not approve of those, by the way. Oh, no? That's one of my very particular. I'm like, that, that just doesn't exist. What? what it's is dead it? to me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Salty or nothing. <laughs> so. Anyway. <laughs> is it because of the M&Ms? Is it just the Chex, the sweetened Chex, the whole thing? It, it's, I, just, I just don't see why you would take something as perfect as salty Chex Mix oh. and make it sweet. Okay. Also, powdered sugar gets everywhere. Also, like, if I want chocolate, I'll eat chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will keep that in mind. (laughs) Never make Lauren a sweet Chex Mix. Plans ruined. (laughs) So Chex Mix became popular as a snack around Christmas in 1955 after the wife of the person who produced Chex cereal 
Ralston Purina, served it at a St. Louis holiday party. And this kickstarted a whole trend around so-called television foods, snacks that didn't interrupt your very important TV time. Ah. And I have another site here okay. that I was talking with you about before we started recording. But as we record this, the last episode of Game of Thrones, don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, yeah. But it was a big battle one. Mm-hmm. And I watched it with a different group of friends. <laughs> And they were so intense. Like, my other group of friends would kind of, like, you laugh and, you know. Yeah, you might joke. You might MST3K it just a little bit. Just a little. Like, uh-huh. we're still watching it. Sure. Uh, we get up, get get drinks. No. It was silence. And, and there nope. was no getting up. <laughs> and I, I was, like, tense, not just from the, the show, but from <laughs> the oh, atmosphere. Wow. Goodness. Um, so they were on to something with these uh, television foods. <laughs> Chex Mix was on to something. They anticipated Game of Thrones years <laughs> earlier. Wow. That's the opposite of my Game of Thrones watching experience. I was, like, making a lasagna at the same time. So it was, like, it was real silly. <laughs> um, okay, okay. But all these aside, aside. Yeah. What happened to the complimentary bar egg? The health department. Yeah, yeah. As as laws have changed, some localities no longer require bars to serve food in order to serve alcohol or stay open later or et cetera. Um, and simultaneously, health inspections have large in, – in, in some places, I'm not going to say largely, but in many places, shut down the practice of keeping hard-boiled eggs at room temperature. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Goodbye. It, it's, still, it's still out there. Just – Yeah. Yeah. Not, not as common. Not all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bar snack is far from dead. Uh, there are still so many lists of bars and restaurants that offer free snacks and food in particular cities around the world. A brief survey of New York City as of 2013, I know this is a little bit outdated, but look, I found a listicle. Okay. <laughs> uh, everything from uh, chips and salsa to wings to bagels to hot dogs to pizza to meatballs to quiche, often concentrated around some kind of happy hour. Related episode, what? but different, yeah. Quiche, Quiche, I know. What? I was, for this episode, I was trying to think of what's the most interesting bar snack I've ever, complimentary bar snack I've ever encountered, and I couldn't really. I feel like the hot dog was, I mean, unique. <laughs> I haven't seen too many places giving away free hot dogs. <laughs> um, maybe it'll come to me later. But, but yeah. Yeah, that's the history into the present. And it brings us to some science. It does. But first, it brings us to one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So... Um, there is, in fact, some science behind salty, fatty bar snacks. And not just that salt makes you thirsty and that fat fills you up and makes you a little bit less drank. By the way, salt makes you thirsty, just in case you didn't know, uh, because your your kidneys work really hard to keep the right balance of uh, water to electrolytes, like sodium, in your system. So when you consume a bunch of salt, your kidneys go, oh, heck, we need more water right now. (laughs) Um, And you feel thirsty. Mm -hmm. Um, Then your system can flush both. Um, But yes, other than that, um, let's talk about bitterness. Always. Not not just in our daily lives, but um, bitterness is, is a part of the flavor profile of most any beer and really most any type of alcoholic beverage. Um, Sometimes in beer, uh, like in the extreme hop IPAs that started becoming popular a few years ago, it's kind of the point of Mm -hmm. the beverage. But sometimes it's just one part of a beverage's flavor um, and perhaps one that people don't enjoy. Lots of toxic plants are bitter, so humans are kind of primed to notice those flavors. Technically, we're not supposed to enjoy them, but, you know, humans and especially you, Lauren. Don't it, think I've forgotten that fact. Oh, yeah. No, me, me and producer Andrew. Uh, it's, our, it's our favorite flavor. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't know why this makes me suspicious <laughs> of you, but... <laughs> well, that's probably fair. Um, for reasons that I couldn't find well explained, like maybe the research hasn't been done yet, um, salt, that is sodium chloride, seems to dampen or block our experience of bitter flavors. Like maybe the salt molecules bind to the same receptors on our tongues that would bind to molecules that we experience as bitter. However it works, eating a salty snack between sips of beer will reduce the bitterness of the beer, which might make it more drinkable depending on how your your personal palate works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and same goes for pretty much any alcohol. Uh, wines, certainly uh, liquors that aren't candy-flavored, all have a pretty strong bitterness profile. Mm-hmm. Another part of the flavor profile of some alcoholic beverages, many, is astringency. Think of that sensation you get in your mouth when you, when you sip a tart wine or a tart fruit beer uh, or a citrus-heavy cocktail. That's astringency, and it's caused by acids and tannins. Um, In your mouth, acids and tannins can make your your, your salivary proteins sort of bundle up, like temporarily squeezing shut, which gives you that dry, sandpapery sensation. It also seems like tannins in particular can can bind with a chemical sensor on your tongue. The science is complicated. People are still looking into it. Uh, Anyway, tannins occur naturally in a lot of plants, again, probably as a deterrent to animals that would want to try to eat them, Um, but some humans have decided that we enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
Yeah, there are perceptible tannins in all beer. Mm-hmm. Something that I didn't know until I was doing this research. No, I didn't either. Um, too many can be negative, but a little bit is good, is, is actually important to the flavor profile of the beer because it occurs naturally in malt and in hops. And uh, some processes like oak barrel aging specifically add more tannins into your drink. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, uh, some humans don't like it so much, but when you eat fatty foods, the oils can coat your mouth, preventing the experience of astringency, mm. um, which can further make your alcohol of choice more drinkable. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Also, um, related to uh, the feeling of of dryness in your mouth, uh, remember that all alcohols are diuretics, meaning they prompt your body to urinate more, which can flush too much water out of your system and leave you dehydrated, uh, leaving you with a a dry mouth feeling. But the fats in those snacks could cover up that resulting feeling of dryness. Mm. Uh, Drink responsibly. Have a water. (laughs) I used to annoyingly say... Water is the key that will set you free when I was at parties. <laughs> and I would drink a glass of water in between every drink. Oh, man, that's such a good practice. I I try and fail to remind myself to do that. Yeah, well, water is the key to set you free. Just keep <laughs> saying that and it will stick. Years later, <laughs> you'll still hear it in your head. <laughs> I'm like the annoyingly responsible old person who, like, delivers glasses of water to people at parties. <laughs> Oh, I like that person. Oh, well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I got a friend who's a nurse, and she does that, too. Oh, oh yeah, good. She's very on top of that. <laughs> um. uh, and in terms of hygiene, I, I know that there's that, like, quote, like, maybe from Johnny Depp. That, oh, yeah. That, that there's, like, that some study showed that there's, like, 27 kinds of urine in any given, like, bar snack that yeah. multiple people are reaching into. I don't think that that was a real study. I couldn't find <laughs> anything about it anyway. Snopes couldn't find anything about it. Um, it's a... Uh, there have been concerns raised in a number of documented situations where people were like, uh, I, I think I think there was one in full Chicago or maybe Detroit with a with a bowl of mints. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, like restaurant mints, uh-huh. um, after dinner mints that weren't wrapped, that weren't individually wrapped. Um, there was a concern that there was like uh, urine or fecal matter uh, from unwashed hands mm-hmm. floating around the bowl, but essentially the health inspector was like, it would be expensive to send this off for testing. So just like, so just put out wrapped mints, y'all, yeah. was basically the end of that. That was a simple solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in, in general, I, I would say that if you are concerned about a bowl of common bar snacks, mm-hmm. then just don't eat it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think many bars these days who do serve complimentary snacks serve them individually to you yeah. or to your party. So if you can't trust your friends to wash their hands, that's a whole separate issue. Yeah. I can't help you there. Yeah. Then you need to consider some, yeah. something. Or or just get your own bowl. And that way. Yeah, that's all, true. Put them on a napkin. Yeah. Yeah. Then all your germs are your own. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody uses a spoon. <laughs> oh, you could start a trend that way. Oh, yeah. Wow. They're, they're bar snacks with the spoon. <laughs> well, I got to get in on this. <laughs> it makes me want to bring like a like a big like like Chinese or Japanese like like big old spoon <laughs> with me everywhere and just yeah. use that for all my stuff. And then I get out like a very fancy bib <laughs> and then a monocle uh-huh. and we just we really start something. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are paths 
available. There are. There are. Oh, no, I'm picturing the, the like, the, like, long-handled Korean, like, hot pot oh, spoon. Yeah. That's, like, a bonus level challenge for <laughs> dexterity. <laughs> you get all of the snacks in one. <laughs> You're like, well, you should have bought, you should have bought a spoon. This is all your fault. <laughs> I do love knowing the science of, like, of this because, you, for me, personally, I always crave salty snacks when I'm drinking beer in particular. hmm um, and I love that this reminds me of our um, chicken wings episode where yeah. they like there's so much science of beer and pairings. It gets lost. It's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and it also really uh, I don't know like like proves up our cravings, I guess, and and the fact that so many bar snacks are so similar around the world. Like there are so many yeah. places that are like you know what uh, fried pig skin would be really delicious right now <laughs> with this beer, mm-hmm. and they're not wrong. They are not wrong. <laughs> They are not wrong. If that's a thing that you consume. Yes, yes. Uh, but this about brings us to the end of our episode. Uh-huh. And to listener mail. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, cheers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Uh, <laughs> Julia wrote, I listened to your croissant podcast today, and I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. I now know far more about one of my favorite treats, and as a Starbucks employee, I can assure you that we do sell many chocolate croissants daily. As much as you love puns, I was surprised that you missed a golden opportunity for an extremely bad pun. You talked about croissant controversy for quite a while on your podcast, and all I could think of was croissantroversy. Yes, I can hear you groaning from thousands of miles away, and I can assure you that I, too, groaned audibly when my brain made that connection. But I felt I just had to tell you about it. I hope it brightened your day. Oh, it certainly has. It did. Oh, croissantroversy. I am so sad that was not the title of our episode. I know. It's perfect. Oh, okay. Megan wrote, I just finished the croissant episode and spent the whole time being reminded of various moments from the Great British Baking Show, since they almost always have a week devoted to laminated dough and viennoiserie. Um, I'm sure you know, as I don't think it's possible to be as interested in food as the two of you are without some awareness of Great British Baking Show. (laughs) So... As you were discussing the formula for determining the number of layers based on the number of turns, I thought of Benjamina using it on the show. Or when you said croissants aren't a recipe to undertake lightly, I remember the excellent editing that went from Glenn saying only weird people enjoy making laminated pastry because of how time-consuming it is, then immediately cutting to Francis talking about how she loves making it. (laughs) Not to mention hearing Mel and Sue stumble over viennoiserie and how Mary Berry says layers throughout the whole episode. I also thought about how my husband and a friend's boyfriend, both great bakers, briefly made plans to learn to make croissants together. My friend and I were so excited because who wouldn't want homemade croissants without any of the work, but unfortunately it never came to fruition, as physics grad students like the four of us don't really have time for intensive baking projects. I'll have to remind my husband and see if he's still interested. I also briefly toyed with the idea of learning to make croissants and other laminated pastries and even bought a marble slab at a garage sale for it, but have never actually done so. You can do it. Yeah. We believe in you. We do. Uh, <laughs> I do I do love Great British Baking Show, um, per, perhaps specifically because I love Noel Fielding, but yeah. I have never seen it. Oh, Like wow. I said in our food TV uh, episode, I don't really watch that much. I don't, don't fire me. <laughs> I, um, but my friends love it, and they they're always talking to me about it, and I find it very adorable. Yeah. Well, we can we can fix this. This is a thing. 
It's on Netflix, I've been told many times by my friends. <laughs> it's right there, Annie. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and we do have an update. Oh, yeah? A saver update. Um, on the dolphin-themed restaurant owned by the garlics that we mentioned in our shawarma slash gyro episode. It existed. Oh, yeah? It did. Okay. Multiple people wrote in about it. Um, some of you even went to it and had vague, like, childhood memories of it. Oh, wow. Um, and some people sent in this article from On Milwaukee. A pair of dolphins caught off the coast of Florida, Gypsy and Star, were brought to the pool by owners John and Margaret Garlic, who also ran J.J. Garlic's on 11th and Wells Street and had bought up the natatorium from the city for $4,000. Renting the dolphins ran to $60,000 annually, and they had planned to bring in 300 parakeets, too. <laughs> the garlic spent nearly 50000 to enclose the 144,000-gallon pool in glass. Another 18000 went to flowers, and each water glass cost $28. Ooh. 20% of the water in the pool had to be changed daily, and the water required 10,000 pounds of salt. Ooh. Then there were weekly water sample tests, purifying chemicals, daily pool cleaning, smelt to feed the dolphins, medicines, veterinary bills, and more. An expensive proposition for a restaurant without even taking any staff or food-related costs into consideration. But when the recreated Tropical Paradise opened November of 79, the public and the media swooned. <laughs> In 1981, trainer George Gray was working with two nine-foot porpoises named Belinda and Angel. All three were on loan from Florida's Golfarium for a few months while Milwaukee worked to get its own swimming talent. An ad for Milwaukee's most unusual restaurant <laughs> showed a couple toasting with bubbly over a table laden with delicacies. The restaurant served wild boar, chasseur, lobster, porterhouse steaks among its 43 entrees, though it also sold sandwiches and other lower-priced options, too. The exterior of the building, the glass and coals pool, and a scene from one of the five daily dolphin shows. Wow. <laughs> yeah. By 1984, according to news reports, the restaurant was swimming, <laughs> I see what you did, in debt and facing bankruptcy. And in January 85, the dolphins' trainers testified in federal court that Soda, the dolphin, was sick with a viral infection, that the water in the pool was 7 to 17 degrees too cold, and that Soda wasn't getting enough food either. Oh, no. A judge demanded the conditions be improved. On January 31st, 1985, the journal reported that the restaurant was closed in the wake of a bankruptcy action, but the dolphin soda and two sea lions are on the premises, and a deal is being negotiated to sell them. Early in February, Soda and her sea lion pals were headed to a California theme park. She was a little stiff at first from the flight, bankruptcy trustee Russell Long told the newspaper, but trainer Dan Cartwright swam around with her in the pool for a few hours, and she was all right. And the sea lions? Long said they were fine, adding... They just didn't seem to care. <laughs> I was trying to find, like, where to shorten wow. the article. But I was like, this is all. It's all gold. <laughs> what a thing. And there's, like, pictures of it. Wow. Um, the ads are indeed. Uh, well, thank you on Milwaukee for that mm -hmm. beautiful reporting. And to all the fine listeners who pointed us in its direction. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a rare update, but necessary. <laughs> Thanks to all of the listeners who wrote to us. If you'd like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. 
Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thank you to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.